It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Welcome. You're listening to Bucked Up with Sam Buck. It's funny hearing you call him Joey because I only know him as Irish. We're talking about my producer. This is a bucked up podcast. Welcome. What's up, Bubba? What's going on? You haven't said my name yet, so I don't know if I'm. Oh, to this talk. is Mike Harrington. I, I don't. I didn't feel like I needed to introduce you. Your name will be under it. Okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, this is you know, I mean, I'm, I'm on the great Sam Buck show. I feel like. You know, the Buckheads uh, <laughs> might not be, you know, that, that used to me. So <laughs> the Buckheads is a great name. I feel like that is like what my what my small fan base should be. Yeah. We met because we were on a dating show together. Not we weren't going for each other, but well, you might not have been going for me. <laughs> well, it looks like I won because I'm here with you now. <laughs> or maybe you won. <laughs> Something like that. I think I won the moment I signed up to do that show and realized that. Um, I wanted absolutely nothing to do with Jamie Lee. Um, everything about her annoys the hell out of me, um, except for uh, the fact that she's friends with really hot women. Mm. Yeah. I actually texted... Th- Jamie Lee was on my podcast. Was she? She was, and I actually texted her and Diana, Okay. her manager. Okay. <laughs> I said, do Group you... Text? I said, do you have uh, anything to say to Mike Harrington? I have him on my podcast. Yeah, I do. And uh, Diana said, good morning, baby. Aw. In quotations, which is... In quotations, though. Does that mean you say that to her? I say that to her at least five times a week, yes. (laughs) I just hit her up. Five times a week. Yeah, I'll just hit her up because it's like... She's made that point before that like it's a little frustrating that no one is like hitting her up to be like, you know, just, just, hey, good morning, baby. Um, you and know, you're that guy. I was like, yo, somebody should be doing this for you. Like, you're fucking, you're like my perfect baby angel. <laughs> somebody needs to be doing this for you. So if no one else is going to, fine, I'll step up. You'll do it. Yeah. So it's like sometimes I'll hit her with it at like three in the afternoon. But like she gets it. It's like it's kind of our thing. It's you're fine. like an old soul singer. You're just real in love. Like you're you're a real man. You got you got a you're a what are, what are those called? Um. I'm a crooner. A crooner. I don't. I'm too. We got. No, not a headhunter. You're a a heartbreak. Yeah, something like that. A hopeless romantic. Hopeless romantic. That's the term. I was going to say it's one of the it's one of the descriptions in The Sims that you could have your character be. But I feel like that's a horrible way to remember the term hopeless romantic. So I, uh, what I'm, the way I'm looking at it, right, is like I'm going to be able to go back and like screenshot all of these good morning babies at the end of the year and then present them to her uh, like they're my letters uh, from Ryan Gosling that he would send like every day to Rachel Adams, McAdams. And Are the you going to make sure she has a head accident, like head trauma? Something was that ha- was that part was that baked in or was that Age of Adeline? I've never seen that movie. You've never seen the Notebook? Nah. How did you lose your virginity? Uh, New Year's Eve when I was sixteen. Damn, stud. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't lose my virginity until I was. I had like three days after my eighteenth birthday. So three days. Ooh. Yeah. Anybody who hits me with like a 15, 16, 17, I'm like stud. We'll see. Okay, but my mom was just Doesn't really. Count if you're a chick, Annie. 
Oh yeah, Ani, our producer was it, it was her dating show. Don't want to die alone. I should probably plug it. You can check it out on YouTube. You can check her out at uh, Ani Moosh at Ani Moosh Ani underscore Moosh. Um, no, my mom was just so thankful I wasn't gay. That she bought you a hooker? That no, that she was just like, oh, you have a girlfriend. She can sleep in your room. Like it's just not a guy. Like she was just real. She had single the gay- mom. Uh, yeah, but no, I like single mom, but like not up. Like it was only like two years that she was single up until that point. Okay. Uh, all right. No, because like I do have a theory that like all single moms are just best friends with their kids. Oh, I have. Yeah. 100%. My mom and I would go to Lil Wayne concerts. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously your fucking your mom is not going to be like, I'm going to cock block my 16 year old BFF. But she also did think I was gay. She had that talk with me so many times. I still think you're gay. (laughs) You were the one coming on to me, (laughs) motherfucker. You were coming on to me at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to throw vibes out there like that, yeah, of course I'm going to hit on you. You want to catch a vibe? I mean, maybe. (laughs) Catch it right in your mouth. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> no so so you are going to, we went on a big tangent from head trauma yeah to uh movies we couldn't remember to hopeless romantic sure. oh and then jamie said mike who Ooh, that's okay that's what she when i said right, well i'm glad to know i'm still living no. rent free in her head that is true that's such, that's such a like honestly as somebody who's been homeless before knowing that i always have space rent free in jamie lee's head um, you know, that's a huge win for me. She was homeless too. You guys could connect on that. Yeah? Yeah, you could that's be. It's like... so weird that we spent that much time in a dating show together and not and like neither one of us even got to that level of connection. You know what I mean? It, it was is. just uh, I hated her for the moment I heard her talk. Did you know her before that? No, no, no. I just saw her pictures and I was like, damn, she's a knockout. And then I the moment I heard her speak, I was like, anyone else? And the next person I saw was Diana, and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm in love. And you haven't given up ever since. I no, think it no, might no, be God, true no. love. Yeah, obviously. Because <laughs> we have spent the first, what, 10 minutes of this podcast talking about your love for her. So yeah, it's mean, real. I think I hope she watches this I mean, and be- sees that you really care. I mean, between this and the good morning babies, like I just, there's no way uh, she doesn't feel like that overwhelming sense of like, you know, love and, and affection from me. So it's only a matter of time before I wear her down, dude. I'm, I'm water on stone, dude. I will wear you down. <laughs> Has that ever worked for you before? Yes, obviously. It's almost exclusively how I get laid. So I once slid into uh, the first time I ever slid into a girl's DMs. I didn't, I, I just saw a picture of her <laughs> and it turned out she was like, severely like like had like cerebral palsy and i didn't know because i just was like, I it was like all right and i was fucked up when i and so she must have had no one ever slide into her dms before because she literally replied why would you slide into my d why did you choose to slide into mine like I feel very like honored you picked me. I was like, uh, I unsent my message and uh, I never really did it again. Like the worst part <laughs> about that is, you know, she like typed that out with a straw too. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm talking, that poor girl is just trying to shoot her shot back through a Christopher <laughs> Reeves chair and you're like, <laughs> unsend. Like you couldn't even throw her fucking pity dick? What the hell? I fuck? could not throw her pity dick. I'm sorry. I couldn't. It's crazy. I couldn't do that. Grow up. Would you could you couldn't fuck a girl with Bell's palsy? No, I don't think with Bell. Well, maybe with Bell's palsy because Bell's palsy is just like half of their face is paralyzed. I could just like 
Stick it in the corner of their right. mouth or something. They're not even going to feel but it. But cerebral palsy is different. All right, well, so what is cerebral palsy? That's like your full body. Mm. So there's no way they can run like away. Like if you have severe cerebral, cerebral palsy, your body's like, you look like a shrimp after it's been. Huh. I think I'm right on that. This is a self-help podcast. <laughs> and, this is, <laughs> and this is the beginning of it. <laughs> No, this is great. Uh, no, we were on the dating show together, and I got voted off. Even you beat me in my round. Yeah, because I was I, I, while begging to be voted off. Yeah, like I, I was. I was actively begging to just get off of that show, and Jamie Lee tortured me for another week. I think you liked it. I mean, maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, she I did say my coup, which is it. Kind of seems like you both. Like this, if this was a rom com, like you'd go after a friend, you send her these t- morning text messages, you make her go through head trauma, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns out that you and Jamie are actually Ooh. meant to be together Ooh. because you guys were homeless. Here's our thing. Here's the here's That's my the thing. Only right? This is your this is your like your second act paradigm shift, right? She mm-hmm. she gets in that car accident. She's that head you cause, right? I cause, right? <laughs> inadvertently, you throw a baby out in the road. Sure, right? It is what it is. I just wanted to get her attention. It inadvertently causes head trauma, right? Now she's fucking like laid up in bed. She mm-hmm. needs to be tended to, like hand and foot, twenty four seven, right? I'm obviously gonna be there, and who else is gonna be there but her best friend, right? Now we get that bonding time while taking care of the woman who I'm in love with and she loves, right? And we're going to find out that, like, you know, hey, maybe we have more in common than we thought. Maybe. There's two endings. It could either be polyamorous or Diana dies from the head injuries, and then you're like, I'll just take Jamie. Either way, (laughs) me and Jamie Lee are smashing. Like, that's what you're saying, Sam Buck. Uh, Either way, yeah, in the hospital bit. That's actually like because it's got the remote on it. You can go oh. up and down, try all kind of different positions. That's kind of hot. That is kind of hot. <laughs> when were you homeless? Uh, I was homeless from two thousand, uh, like March of twenty nineteen to sorry, well, I guess April first, twenty nineteen to like November of that year. Oh, like, so that was about, that was recently. Yeah, it was only like six months, but yeah, it was it was very recent. Where were you? Where were you located? Uh, so I was. I had a place in the East Village, um, and I was losing it, and I couldn't find uh, anywhere that would like let me move in. You know what I mean? Because like I didn't have like uh, money for like security or down payment or like what? Like you know what I mean? Like it's fucking. You need like four grand to move in New York. You know yeah, what I it's mean? expensive. Like, it's a baseline. Yeah. Um, so it was one. Of, I just didn't have it, and I like the date was just getting closer and closer, and I was like, I figured out a couple of uh, a couple of different moves that I could make, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I woke up. Uh, like I got all my stuff out of that place, put a lot of it in storage, put some of it with my brothers, uh, went and did comedy fight club that night at Lucky Jack's. And, uh, I mentioned to Caitlin Rupert, I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm like at midnight, right? Like it just clicked over to midnight. I'm like, Hey, I'm officially homeless. And she's like, all right, like come sleep on my couch. And like, it essentially turned into six months of living the show crashing. Um, you know, uh, just in New York. Yeah. Where are you originally from? I'm from Westchester County. Oh, so you're from okay? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, born and raised in uh, in New York, um, and I was like, I was commuting when I started working at Gas Digital, um, and then you know, eventually just moved in the city, got rid of the car, like the the like my whole life became in the East Village. So. Yeah, and you didn't have a car, of course, because you can't keep a car in New York, so you can't like sleep in your car. Well, yeah, the city got to it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I just piled up tickets, and eventually the city was like, you Oh, gonna... your city took your car? Yeah, yeah. So I... Uh... I think they still have it. <laughs> Can I get it back? <laughs> it's like it's a hostage of the city of New York. So I... Um, the first time I visited New York, like, you know, like as an adult, you know, like by myself, I parked on the street where you can park and I guess they were filming a movie there or something and they had to move my car. So they just towed my car without telling me. So like I got back that like a couple days later, my car is towed. And they're, they're allowed to do that. They are. I guess they are. So I walk like I'm did like, they, did they just tow it to another spot or they brought it to the impound? Yeah. Lot? So they towed it to another spot. This is, but I didn't know that at the time. So I'm like freaking out. I'm like, this is my first time in New York. My car's gone. I didn't know this at the time. Yeah, I was like, who stole is, my car? I'm a native New Yorker. I didn't know this was allowed. <laughs> so I was on, I guess it was a movie set. So I walk onto the movie set and it's like a courtroom drama. And they're like setting up the set for it, and I just walk in, and there's like a couple p like you know pas like setting shit up, and they just turn to me. I'm like, "Where's my car?" They're like, "How did you get in here?" Like, and I was just like, "I don't know." Like, I parked out from where's my car, and they're like, "Like, go talk to us. Like, get out of here. Like, you can't be on this set." The bailiff brings you into the courtroom. Yeah. <laughs> he reads me my rights. Yeah. <laughs> but then the security guy, I guess, comes back from his, I don't know if he was shitting or eating, but um, he is like, oh, yeah, they moved your car. You can Google it and you can um, and you can find out where your car was. And it was like three blocks away. But I didn't even I was staying with a native New Yorker and they didn't know that was a thing either. Like they can just move your car. I don't Sam. I don't think that's legal. <laughs> it, when I got in my car, there was a New York like police sticker on the like the horn so they had gotten into my car like i don't know what what <laughs> yeah they i don't broke they into broke car? into my car the cops broke into my car well someone broke into it. your car who someone who owned nypd stickers broke into your <laughs> car there's no telling whether or not that was actually the police and then went on like a drug run and then like brought my car back to another place and it's like yeah it's fine it's the cops who did it that I never thought of that angle. I was always like, "Yeah, the cops just move cars. Like that's yeah, that's the what cops happens. Just break into people's shit. <laughs> move. Yeah, that sound. It sounds like something they would do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just for this courtroom drama, and you'll see a courtroom drama coming to like TNT in a couple of years, and then you'll just see me walking <laughs> on set really high and angry. Just don't <laughs> fucking walk on hard on Rizzolian Isles. <laughs> Uh, it's fucking great. No, the like, yeah, dude. Like, I I wouldn't put anything past it in New York. Like, especially like we're we're living in a year now where forty percent of the people have left like New York, right? The greater New York metro area. You know what tickets are in the greater New York metro area as compared to last year? What one hundred percent? Like, meaning we've lost forty percent of the people who are around this area. But we're still penal like we still have a hundred percent of the same amount of tickets. That's because they have to keep up quotas and shit. Right. That's crazy. The quota, that's the thing that's fucked. Like, that they have to keep up the quotas and they have to, like, make money. It's just a business, you know? Right. Like it, And they have to make the money from it. And that's why you don't have a car anymore. State-sponsored mafia has <laughs> my fucking car. It sucks. Are they Italian? Uh, I mean, I'd assume most of them, right? <laughs> or Irish. Like, no. Do I mean you know how to get his car back? <laughs> 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 um... No, dude. I mean, you know, like, uh, like that was such a sick racket for quite some time in yeah. New York. Like just being like a cop or a firefighter. It's like if you were Italian or Irish, you had cousins or nephews or or like uncle, like whatever. Well, on you're the f- training. 
You could be a firefighter. You look like you could be like a firefighter now that you're training. I mean, dude, it would be the sweetest gig on the planet. Being a firefighter? Yeah. That'd be the sweet... Nah. Dude, you realize you work 24-hour shifts, right? Yes. You're getting paid for all 24 hours. Like, while, while you're taking a shit, while you're sleeping, while you're fucking making dinner for you and your boys, right? Yeah. You go out on, like, two calls a day, maybe... Like one trash can fire, like one fucking cat stuck in a tree, and you have nine chicks who try to fuck you on the way to and from the station. You what work... if there's a real fire that you have to fight? You deal with like two of those a year, bro. Yeah, no, nah, I would not want to do that. I'm Mm-mm. just saying, like, yo, straight, it's 24 hour shifts, which means you work two days a week to put in 48 hours. Why don't you do it then? Uh, because I don't have a college degree, and do you need to have a college degree to yeah, be a firefighter? You have to have at least an associates to get on the NYFD. Wow. Yeah, it sucks. Um, so you got to do that, and uh, and also because you know I'm, I'm to work a hose. Thirty-two I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, it's like no. I mean, you can get it in. You can get it in literally whatever. You can get it in fucking creative writing. It's just yeah. to to show that you can show up and and get your homework done, right? Like that's. It's it's the the associate. It's the degree. principle of it. I understand. It's like the new high yeah. school diploma. But see, y- I went to college, and now with a useless degree, and now I'm in debt, and I wish I didn't go to college. Yeah, but you can still get like you won't realize this until you turn like thirty or whatever. But you are still eligible for jobs that I never will be. Um, but you have a pretty dope job. Yeah, but like my, I have a pretty dope job as a result of me deciding to stick with it while being homeless for six months. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's this, like, I have a dope job in the sense that, like, part of my job is getting punched in the face every week. You know, like, that is true. Like, there's, there's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of give and take. And there's a lot of, like, this is certainly a fucking young man's game. You know what I mean? Like, if I was trying to break into this in my 40s, I would be dead by now. Yeah. But you, you do, you did stick with it. And I think that's like kind of a big thing is like when you stick with things, like it seems so simple, the idea of it, but it really is the more effort you put in, the more is given back. And people don't want to really like say that's true. Like you were homeless and you could have given up. Like you could have given up on your dream, you know, your dream, but you didn't. You stuck with it and you come out and it's funny. It's like Ellis Mania, which you were on. Sure. Um, my dad was a big XM guy, like, growing okay. up, like, big Howard Stern, big Jason Ellis, like, when I was a kid. So, like, I knew Ellis Mania from, like, listening to it, like, on the radio. Oh, so, dope. so when you were on it, I was like, oh, that like, it was just a funny, like, worlds colliding thing. And Dude, I remember, that's so sick. Yeah, and I was talking to my dad on the phone about that. But it shows, like, you had to just push through it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny. Like, I remember I was talking to Ellis, like, when I, uh, when I first met him. I was like, dude, like, fucking... I remember he was talking about, uh, on, on Faction Talk, uh, which I would, like, be forced to listen to in my boss's office at, like, some weird ultra-Christian, like, uh, mailing list place really? I was working at. Like, it was a total scam. Uh, but this guy... Dude, this guy ruled so fucking much, dude. He was, like, married at 25, had this fucking, like... Dumb blonde wife got her fake tits. He would go to church every fucking Sunday, made hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, like just fucked his wife all the time, had his kids young, like got a nice house and was just so content to keep scamming people every day. Like his life was so good. Uh, but he would like he would force me to listen to fucking uh, uh, Jason Ellis every day. And Ellis was talking about. So he's not a real Christian. 
Who? This guy? Yeah, he's scamming. No, like he goes to the fucking, he goes to like the kind of church where like people get up and are like, I'm telling you, your dreams can come true if you put $87 on the collection plate. Like one of those horseshit, oh. like mega churches. That actually, okay, I don't want to interrupt your story, no, but that kind, of, that kind of makes sense where it's like, I'm going to believe in this scam because I'm scamming people. Right. You know what I mean? It's like if I can get if I can fall for this. Right. Then these people can fall for this and I don't have to feel bad about it. Well, but it's also like, you know, like he watches a guy who gets up there who I mean, I assume most mega pastors don't actually have faith in them anymore because once you've been rich enough, you've done like deplorable things to get there mm -hmm. uh you have to realize that like humanity is just broken at its core uh, so he doesn't have like that faith and joy that he's professing every sunday and he's clearly like empty and hollow and somebody who's like empty and hollow inside can recognize that but if they watch someone doing that in the service of the lord and sees all these other people believing it that's like uh, you know, like it's kind of like when I was working like a fucking shitty uh, call center job, I would watch Boiler Room every Monday morning before I would go into work because it's like there's just something about seeing hustling at another level that makes me want to hustle at my level that much harder. I guess th that does make sense, but <laughs> it's still crazy that That I um, had a boss who was scamming, yeah, who that you felt, like that, who would, and who had who would no, routinely give thousands of dollars to the church. That, yeah, <laughs> that had also no guilt. Like yeah. I have, th like the reason I just like spaced out there yeah. was one that I'm stoned. Oh, you know I what will I'm be honest. So <laughs> <laughs> two, uh, that because this motherfucker is crazy. I I totally lost. So it. I I think. I did. Uh, no, I know. What I just I lost the the path of weird. So going I think on. like a lot of that is just like, hey, if I'm gonna do this every week, it's like whatever. Like I, if I'm gonna have all this money, right? Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I genuinely do believe, with like a childlike sense of yeah. faith and wonderment, that there is a heaven that I'm going to because I give thousands of dollars to the church every month. Like that makes him feel better about all the dirt he does Monday through Friday. So do you sure. do you have anxiety? Are you an anxious person? No, no, no. God no. No. no See, all. I'm an anxious person, so I don't think I could do that because, like, okay, I guess you aren't an anxious person because I could never send, like, good morning, baby, over and over and over again to a person, even as a joke. Oh, no, she appreciates it. I know, but I just don't have the, like, balls to do that, just like I don't have the balls to scam someone and then, you know, fuck my dumb wife and like i like, i don't know how it, you could get to the place where it's like i don't give a fuck Dude, but we, i feel like you could do that yeah. you said you you're talking about this guy like he's like he's living the dream he is he wakes up every morning and he's like my life fucking rules and it's only gonna get better in the next one that guy's living his best <laughs> it's life only gonna get better i guess that's true and do you think you would feel this if you weren't homeless yeah, dude, I felt like this when I was fucking 19 working for the guy, being like, this guy's life fucking rule. He's a nerd, right? He's So a you liked him nerd. in the moment. Yeah. You liked that job. So I didn't, here's the thing. I liked him. I didn't want to be him, right? But I like there was something about him where like I could look at him and be like, oh, like this guy goes to fucking Denny's on church after Sunday, then goes home and bangs his wife and then hangs out by the pool. Like this guy's life fucking rules. Like, he's living his best life, and I'm so happy for him. Like, if I can be as happy with my life as he is with his, like, I'll be, I'll have made it. You know what I mean? But you are living that life. You're a stand-up. No, I'm not. 
Do you do? You don't no, do stand up? No, no, I don't do comedy. I'm not funny at all. I just asked you how many times you got up. Oh, you were talking about fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying you got up and did stand up, but this is you getting knocked out. Yeah. Well, oh, you yeah. don't do. Because I was thinking, when I heard you talking about that, it, it, and it was funny because you were describing it as someone who didn't do stand up when you're like, like acting out that you care about something that you don't. Like, that's a big part of stand up is like you have to sell your joke even though you've told that like 20 times. Of course. And you have to act like it's new and fresh and you really feel it, right. even though you don't. And that's probably, that's like how you were describing the pastor. What do you mean? Like you were saying, like, he's up there and he's preaching and he's oh, yeah, given yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But that's, like, even if he isn't feeling it, that's his job. So he has to give it as if he feels it, oh, yeah. kind of like a stand-up. Yeah. And that's why I was like, oh, you like, oh, you do stand up, but you feel like you like don't understand that. But no, you like I, I understand, like, I, of course, I understand, like, you know, being yeah. being. Have you ever done stand up? I've did. I've done. Uh, I've done two storytelling mics, which I don't consider stand up. And then I've done one uh, like just telling jokes open mic ever. And uh, that was I was good. Yeah. Like, you were the like... world just doesn't need another fucking at best mediocre stand up <laughs> like there's, I run into so many of them on a weekly basis. Like that is true. I You're just, in the world. Yeah, I don't. I don't want my name to be in that pool. Yeah. What made? So were you a fan of stand up, or did you go in with podcasts? Like were podcasts? No, your... I mean I've I've been. I mean dating back to when I was a kid. I think actually like, the most tragic thing that ever ha that happened to me in high school. Uh, Fifteen years old uh, was at Caroline's on Broadway. Got up to the velvet rope. Uh, they had overbooked for Mitch Hedberg by forty percent. Uh, so I did not get in that night. They turned us away at the door. I was the last group not let in, and then he died two weeks later. Uh, Are you serious? Swear to God, that yeah. sucks. I fucking I resented Caroline's and refused to go to shows there for a decade after that. If you think that didn't happen, do you think you'd still be doing stand up? Uh, no, because like that's how I feel about hiking. I don't know if this is a weird similarity, okay, let's hear it. but the first time I went hiking was when I was in sixth grade. And like camping, like camping and hiking, like with tents and stuff. I went with my sixth grade class, no showers. They put the th four biggest kids in one tent. And on the well, first and on the first night, a kid pissed himself and there are no showers. So for the weekend, all our bags were soaked in this kid's piss. Why, why wouldn't you bring a fucking like a like a water bag? You hang it in a tree with a bar of soap. You take fucking outdoor showers. Th this is like a whole sixth grade class. They didn't think about this. That's, uh, that's wild that they wouldn't think yeah, about Yeah, so it. we just had to live in piss for like, you know, three nights, three days. And uh -huh. I just, I never want to go hiking or camping ever again. Yeah, I have I have that story on steroids. My uh, first rehab, uh, <laughs> I was... Yeah, yeah this story is definitely way better than whatever <laughs> story I was going to tell. I uh, <laughs> went to the fucking Las Vegas airport uh, with my family. I was I had a court date coming up on Monday. I'd just been arrested for the first time. Uh, was like drinking a ton, doing a ton of fucking prescription drugs, um, and just like disappearing for like weeks on end. Uh, so they were sick and tired of my horse shit. Yeah. Um, and as I'm going through baggage claim, uh, some guy just puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, son, you're coming with me. Uh, don't fight me. 9-11, uh, it just happened. This is like 2005 or something like that. So he's like, if you cause a scene in the airport, this is going to be bad for you. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, threw me in the back of a van, drove me in the middle of the desert in Utah, uh, and just let me out. And for the next 80 days, I had to live off of what I could carry on my back. It was a goddamn nightmare. And just completely spoiled me off camping forever. <laughs>
Wait, what? He just <laughs> dropped you off? Well, it was like a it was like a program, right? So it's yeah. like Oh, yeah, oh like it was a, a pro I didn't know what was that. <laughs> I Dude, was like yeah, I, who is this guy who grabbed you? He just you? sent me on a fucking <laughs> yeah. Siberian death Yeah, march. I didn't uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, I thought like you were in some fucking breaking bad shit. You were like, I owed too much for my prescription <laughs> pills. He he brought my dealer brought me out to the fucking woods. Yeah, I saw Danny Trejo's head walking. Was by there the anyone tunnel. else with you? Uh yeah, so what we what happened was like they bring you in the first thing they fucking like strip you naked uh make you do like squats like it's jail to like show that you don't have anything up your ass um and then uh yeah just bring you they drove me out to this like tent in the in like middle of the night uh and like i wake up the the next morning and there's like i don't know 15 other kids there and then once a week we would all get together like all the all the kids who were in the thing so it'd be like i think maybe eight groups of like 15 would be like so i don't know maybe 75 kids total 90 mm-hmm. kids total out somewhere in these uh in the desert in utah and they would drop us off like a pound of rice like a pound of refried beans like uh either like a little thing of peanut butter or a little thing of cheese and then like whatever the supplies were for the week um and then yeah just take on off and we'd go hike around for another week till it was like time to meet up at the resupply place what was like the age of the people uh 14 to i think the oldest there was 18 and they okay. like turned 18 once they got there so you how old were you i was 17 that's crazy so i have a friend who works in a camp on cape cod that they don't they don't hike but it is like the 14 to 18 like the juvenile rehabilitation okay. and uh, camp and um so that's it when you go so one of one, the reason I'm so scattered-brained, everybody, is that I drove from Massachusetts to New York and then went right to podcasting. So, uh, sorry for so that. You're, you're telling me you had four hours in the car to prep for this, and this is the best you could do? Yes, that's, cool, cool, that's cool. exact. It's called Bucked Up for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> we were just... The show's called Bucked Up because I don't know what I'm doing. I buck up my own podcast. Gotcha. But... No, something I really like about is finding out why people don't quit and especially like why you go through what you go through. So when you go through that, that camping, that's probably way worse than, I mean, sleeping on people's couches. And I bet you feel stressed not knowing where you're going, but did that help you be able to like handle that situation? Yeah, I mean, like like legit the first like two to three days, I don't think I could make it like an hour without crying. You know what I mean? Like it was the, it's so fucking overwhelming, dude. You just like walk out, you look around, you see nothing but like desert mountains around you. Um, and like to an even greater degree, it's like they, they're telling you, Hey, like this is a super duper poor part of the country. Like just letting you know, a lot of these people are like homesteaders. They're fucking like off the grid, don't have social security cards, just want to be left alone by the government. Uh, so if they like they and they all know if they catch any of you motherfuckers running away, they get a free they get a free steak dinner. Oh, and they're allowed to detain you any way they want. Because like at that point, when your parents like sign the thing, the camp becomes your legal guardian. And as your legal guardian, the camp is like, lets all of the locals know, hey, if you return any of these kids, right? Like, as long as they don't have bullet holes in them, you get a free steak dinner for, like, you and your family. It's like, that's the best they're going to eat all year. (laughs) So they just want to catch you fucking wayward motherfuckers. That's how a free steak dinner seems like too little. I'm not for detaining a child. But also... What else are they doing, dude? Yeah, but it's, it's also probably Utah fun. Desert. That's probably fun for them. Like that's probably like a sport. Like yeah. they get to Did you ever try to run away? No, no, no. I didn't even bother. What happened? 
Did anyone ever try to run oh, away? Oh, yeah. There was a ton of kids. Did Fucking, people- this dumb motherfucker comes up at one point, and he just is like... He's like, yeah, so I figured if I left my hand in front of me and then any time I fucking moved, I would just move my hand with it, then I would always know where north was. And I was like, you, you thought your hand was a GPS? <laughs> like, you're, fi- you're retarded. Right. Were they all, um, like, kids with uh, drug problems or was it also, like, rehabilitation from crime and stuff? No, I mean, for the most part, it was drug problems or, yeah, I mean, it was, like, that was the other thing. So, like, because I went to this program, mm-hmm. the, like, possible year in jail that I was looking at for my arrest immediately became, like, an ACD uh, and, like, swept under the rug because I was a minor. Uh, contingent upon me continuing treatment in a boarding school and not being allowed back at my high school. What what happens when kids like get like freak out? Like if they can't do it, like if a kid couldn't handle it, they don't give a fuck. There's no such thing. Like, was, was there someone in charge? Like yeah, so like every there would there was like there's people they pay. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's like a head. Your like head counselor would change like every week. So like this is actually kind of a sweet job, right? Yeah. Because if you work there, you work one week of the month in the field, and then you get a full week off. And then you, it's just the two switch back. Yeah, was yeah. it like good cop, bad cop? One, mm, not one really. Mean, one mean guy, one good guy. No, so it was a lot more of like, um, like uh, there was like there was like the chill one, and mm-hmm. then like the like you know gung ho one. Like it wasn't so much like good cop, bad cop as much as it was like, okay, like once every three weeks we're gonna get somebody who's gonna challenge us, and they would have these things that were actually like. Some of the coolest fucking things, like uh, uh, some of like the best meals of my life, were things like uh, uh, there was this challenge, Three Peaks, right, where it was like the three highest um, mountaintops in like the the whole area yeah. that the camp owned. Um, it was like Indian Steamboat and one other one. I can't remember the name of it. But if you made it, like there was like a massive distance between all three of these mountains. And if you made it to the top of all three mountains, then uh, for your Saturday drop, they would bring you out like a pound of ground beef and a skillet so you could make like cheeseburgers and shit. And it was like, the, like after doing that, right? Like there was another challenge. You would you would get like a really nice meal if you did like 80 or 90 miles in a week, right? And it's like, the, so once every three weeks, essentially, you would get like the instructor who was like, yeah, screw it. Like, let's go for it this week, you know? Yeah. And uh, like those were those were some of the coolest like uh, you enjoyed it. I loved it, dude. Did you enjoy it at the time or do you enjoy it looking back at it fondly? No, I enjoyed it at the time because like, all right. So like after like those first two or three days of just crying every day, it was mm-hmm. like, all right, how do I make the best out of this? Like uh, and like I looked through the rule book and it was like, eventually, if you're good enough, we'll give you a knife. And I was like, I mean, I can learn how to whittle out here. Like I'm here anyway how do i make the best out of this situation so what got you up to that point like i mean what was the like no i mean it was it literally was i just needed to fucking cry out the bitchness for like but i mean before that like to the program you said you were addicted to pills and you got oh, arrested yeah, I was, I was just were a you nightmare. you were yeah, yeah. Uh, were you self-aware or so you said you enjoyed yeah. going to the camp so were you self-aware like when you got that you were like oh look at who I was or you were like, Oh, I needed this. Oh no. I've always been, I've always been like ridiculously good at self-inspection. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's, that's, um, yeah, like, I don't know. I can, I can take the temperature of where I'm at better than, than anyone else can. Uh, mm-hmm. and there was definitely like, there was definitely signs to the point where it's like, you know, I, I found drugs, right. And I love drugs while my friends, how found, old were you when you like 14, right. So like, while my friends were like, 
yeah, drugs are all right, but I'm going to move on to girls. Or like, drugs are all right, but like, I'm only going to be playing team sports likely for the next three years. I'm going to focus on that. I got my whole life to do drugs. I was just like, nah, 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 do drugs. Do drugs. And just keep drugs. doing drugs. What yeah. was their first drug? Uh, Weed, obviously. I didn't smoke weed until I was eight. The way you were talking about like people losing their virginity at a young age, that's how I felt about drugs. Like I didn't smoke until I was eighteen. And I've never done like pills or coke or anything. Okay. But I, I like I when people say they did it young, like I can't you know what I mean? It's that same feeling. I'm really? like, Oh, I can't believe it. Yeah. I don't know, dude. There was like a rite of passage at my high school. Like So was... I went to I had free tuition at a boarding school for okay. like really rich kids. That's surprising that it wasn't an even bigger great like I was also a loner, so I also don't think I was offered it. <laughs> I think, but I really loner Sam Buck, <laughs> loner fucking, Sam you're Buck, just showing up every day in your fucking leather jacket, being like the broody, <laughs> no, mysterious one. Not, at boarding no, school. no, just like I was so anxious and I didn't want to talk to anyone because I was like, oh, who, what if okay. they figure out who I? Yeah. It's the whole stand-up thing. Yeah. See, you said you aren't anxious, so that makes sense why you wouldn't want to be a stand-up. Like, no stand-up drinks from gallon water jugs and does... I'm sure there's some. I'm like, I'm sure Rogie's drinks from gallon <laughs> water That is true, jugs, that dude. is true. Rogie's a fucking hardo. <laughs> he, he has to be bringing <laughs> the jug around. Yeah. So, is that the reason you, like, we're going to switch it? Like, boxing is... Were you, have you always been, like, physically active since then? No, I mean, like, I... I like it comes in waves for me. So like when I was like uh, 22, 23, like that was the first time I like used my gym membership. You know what I mean? Like I got one and I actually went every day. Did you like, go back to drugs after that rehab thing? Yeah. So I did. Uh, I did 18 months total clean and sober. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got like, and that was just through programs, really. So it was like that 80 days in the desert. Then I went to a boarding school in Massachusetts for a bit. Um, that's like where I became a Red Sox fan. Uh, ended up uh, like got kicked out of there for having sex uh, when I was like, that's losing my virginity. Oh, at the boarding school? Days after my 18th birthday in Northampton, Massachusetts at the Gay Pride Parade. What's up? That's a great way to lose your virginity. It was pretty solid. Dude, they were just giving out condoms. And I was like, okay. And just me and this chick went to this parking garage. And we ended up banging. And then we got busted in on by like a, just a pack of lesbians. It was pretty funny. Um, were they fine about it or were they mad? They were just like, they were, they were, they were talking some shit. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. Like, I, neither one of us knew what we were doing. Like, it's what it is. <laughs> they were watching you, like, coaching it? <laughs> they were like, do this move. Do this move. No, no, no. It was just like the fucking, just like the sheepishly, like, fucking, you know, like, I'm, I'm, they caught us in the middle of banging, and, like, uh, you know, they started talking louder to, like, let us know that, like, they were there, and I was like, oh, and, like, just, like, pull up and, like, sheepishly try to act like I wasn't just having sex in a stairwell. <laughs> Um, oh, you weren't even in a car. No, no, we didn't have cars. Do we were in rehab? Oh, duh. <laughs> yeah, I fucking uh, wait. You don't mean they don't give you free reign in rehab? No. They don't give you like here's a free car. Surprisingly, no. Give you <laughs> a lot of little baggies too. Yep. Uh, so I started fucking her, and uh, we ended up we banged on the grounds, and this kid who. Uh, just didn't like me. Uh, we just had beef from like day one of him being there. He caught me. He caught me, ratted me out, got me kicked out. Um, and they, so they were like, all right, look, uh, you're 18. Like you can't be like, there's 14 year olds at this program, right? Like you can't be having full on penetrative sex here. Um, <laughs> if it was head and yes. you were caught by a pack of gay dudes, this would be a different story. Yeah, no, but literally. that's sex in front of lesbians. That's 
like no, like that's like I'm not gonna lie. Like there was kids who got head. There was like I had gotten jerked off before, and like I didn't get kicked out. But there was like it was the thing of like it was on campus, right? Because like we started banging on campus after that. Um, it was the fact that it was on campus that I was over the age of 18, and that it was full on penetrative sex. It was like all right, yeah, we for insurance reasons we just can't have you here anymore. As much as we love you, we got to kick you out. So they were like, all right, you. I could have either at that point gone back to public school and like redone my entire senior year or uh, finish up their program in like 18 and over. Mm -hmm. So I went to Oregon, spent three months out there, finished up my high school diploma, got a girlfriend and a job at an ice cream shop. It was You were able to fuck carefree in Oregon? Best summer ever. It was such a fucking... Dude, like <laughs> the structure of rehab right, works so well for me. Like I, d I crave structure and discipline so much. Um, it's insane. Right? I do too. I'm the same type of person as I need like a set schedule. Right. And it's like I everything about my life is very not conducive to that. So I need to like I need to build that structure for myself. Uh, and like it does get frustrating and hard. So being in a rehab where they're like, you need to be at this place by this time. You have a meeting this time every week, like whatever. Like this is your free time. I'm able to maximize that free time. If it's all free time, I just waste it. You like that it's given to you, though? What do you mean? Like, I'm a very, like, I keep a set schedule. I wake up, I meditate, I do yoga, I run or go to the gym or go for a bike ride, do something active, I uh, journal. Like, but I don't like when someone gives me a schedule. Like, it has to be a set schedule that I create. I don't oh, think no. I would like rehab because it's, I mean, I don't want to be, if I, <laughs> if I went to rehab, I don't think I'd really enjoy it. <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm saying. But also, like, I don't think, I don't like, like, that's why I don't like jobs, really, is because I don't like someone telling me what to do. Yeah, but I guess, like, I don't know. There, It depends on the, like, set and setting, right? So it's, mm -hmm. like, for for what I'm doing, like, with the, like, just with the way I've structured my work schedule, right? Like, just, like, being able to go, all right, on Mondays, I'm going to show up at, like, 11, have breakfast, get, like, my notes done for a show that I'm doing, then go to fucking boxing training. Like, that's not, like... It's not my show that I'm doing notes for, right? Like, I just have a deadline to get those notes in. It's not uh, my boxing training that I'm necessarily going to film. I'm, I'm going there, right? my job going there, what I'm getting paid for is to film Lewis doing boxing training. So, like, those are all things that, like, while I have chosen to do them as electives, they have then created a schedule for me. And I feel like that's, uh, that's one of my most productive. Do you like being in the spot? Because you don't have your own podcast. You just right. You produce podcasts. Yeah. Do you like being in the spotlight now? Because you kind of did with Ellis Mania and with you know being part of the fight journals with Lewis. Or do you do you kind of like staying behind the scenes, like when you were just the a producer? No, I mean like even when I was like quote unquote just a producer. I mean Not, it was yeah. very early on in in my run on Believe You Me that I was getting mic time and like. That to me is that's my baby. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I look at that as like that's a hundred percent of the reason why I show up to the Legion of Skanks internship. It's like a hundred percent of the reason like I, I I work in this industry is for shows like Believe You Me, and I genuinely do think I work on the best one of all. You know, so like um, I've I don't I don't really think like any kind of shift has happened that way. I mean, like I've I've done a podcast before, um, and it's like it's one of those things where if I'm not I don't know. It, if I don't have like something like a really inventive, really creative, like something that I feel like hasn't been done before, I don't I don't ever want to do a project like that same concept of, like I don't want to be another mediocre stand up. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to have like just another podcast you subscribe to, you know?
So in the meantime, like I feel like I I'm having way more fun like working on other people's projects and like essentially just doing punch up uh, yeah. while I'm figuring out like all right, what do I want to do here? I try to think like I think about that like oh, I have uh you know like I'm a mediocre stand up because I I started I'm I'm in the middle of it like oh, I have a podcast that like it's gotten somewhat of a listening, but it's not big in any sense. Like I, I don't make money off of it, whatever. But it's like, I kind of, it might be stupidity, but it's like, if I just sit through it, it'll pay off in the end. It's like what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. It's like, whatever you put your time into, it'll come back. Sure. And it's like how, I guess this is what, pushes me through but it's like when i go to the gym and i lift i know i'm not going to feel that or like when i started running i would run 10 minutes a day and that's all i could do but now i could do like six seven miles a day and i used to run every day now i don't because i'm big but I, like i can do long runs and it's because i knew that i was just persistent sure. and i feel like that's the only to me it's like no one's special it's just people who work harder than other people oh yeah for sure um but like Okay, so in your like in your industry, you have to like this is what you have to do, right? Yeah. As a stand up now, like stand up is just it's dead, right? Mm -hmm. Like as as a comedian, your only outlet, your only avenue is broadcast. So it would be insane. Like you would be looking back in two years, being like, why the fuck didn't I start bucked up two years ago? Yeah. If you didn't do it, you know. So mm -hmm. like the 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 difference is for me is like. Okay, if I spend that time investing in my own vanity show, that's less time that I can work on, like, you know, uh, Fega's new show that popped up, right, that I was able to start working on. Uh, other independent shows. Like, for instance, I was working on Without a Country, uh, Corinne and DeRosa's show, yeah. way before they were on Gas Digital Network. They were just doing it at the stand live every week, and I, uh, Corinne was paying me to just come there and film it. If, if, I, uh, if I didn't start doing that, I, there's no way... Lewis and Ralph would have put me on that show when it came over to the network, but because I was their producer before it was big enough to get picked up by the network, mm -hmm. I got like that, that like kind of in on the ground floor of it. So like the way I look at it and, and the difference there is like, there's, there's a very good chance I, I will never need to start my own podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, there's no way you're going to survive in this business without one. Right. So it's like, yeah, like, that is true. Yeah. A, the, there's two very big differences there. But you all, it's funny because, like, you don't want it, kind of. Like, you want what you're going to get. Is that, So you said you did an uh, internship at... Um, Legion of Skanks, yeah. And that's how you got... Uh, is that how you got into, like, podcast producing? Yeah, and 100%. So I was, I, was, uh, I was working as a contractor in Westchester, um, and it came time to, like, shit or get off the pot, right? It was either, like, I was managing this business. I knew how much money this business was making. I was making a very good living running that business. Uh, and it was one of those things where it's like, all right, I can, you know, take all the money I've got and all the money I'm going to make for the next few years and put that towards buying this business and growing it and expanding it and, and doing that. Uh, or I could not make that choice and just leave. Right. Like get fired, essentially, because the new people who do buy this business are going to instill their new manager mm -hmm. um, and you're going to be fired and uh, take your unemployment and figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. And, you know, like it was a it was a tough decision, but I went with I went with the latter. All right. And I was like, this is it's just not something I, I'm going to want to be doing in 20 years. You know, like it, like they're they're I don't know. There was a large part of me that was like, just stick it out. 
you know, spend the 20 years. Like you'll have the the loans you're going to need to take out to buy this thing in it paid off within two or three years. What Bank, type of business was it? Uh, contracting, right? Gutters and roofing. Yeah, okay, so, gutters and roofing. Um, you know, it's it's weird with the pandemic. I feel like we became less of an essential business, right? Because more people are home now and they can clean their own gutters. But we're also a thing where it's like, we don't need to come in your house. So technically, you know, you could, yeah. uh, you know, you, you could use our services. So I don't know how that business is doing. I don't know how it would be doing in the middle of like these COVID times. But, um, you know, like uh, from the trajectory I was looking at, it was a very safe investment. And I would definitely, I'd be in the green by now um, and just banking up towards my future. And it was like, I don't know. I just the something about this was calling to me, um, and I I was innocent. Were you a listener of the podcast before that? I was a massive Legion of Skanks fan. How did you um, find out about it? I found out about it when I was driving my parents' stuff down to South Carolina. Let's turn on Pandora. Uh, Big J's. Um, uh, I've uh, other countries jokes. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's so, how I found out about it was through Pandora too. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that fucking joke came on, and me and my boy were in tears laughing. Like this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. And I I just uh, at that point I had been like finding good uh, comedians through podcasts, mm-hmm. right? So I had found like Hannibal Burris and Aziz Ansari like way before they popped, just through Podca- podcasts, yeah, right? Yeah. And like I would I would go and listen to Comedy Bang Bang. So I was like, let me see what this Jay Ogerson guy is doing. Took me to Legion of Skanks, and I was like oh oh these motherfuckers <laughs> like this is this is where it's at um and then i eventually like started listening to hammer fisting like i got into the whole i was in hook line and sinker like i was an og like the the original gas digital fan um and like it became a thing where uh i would like try playing it in the house while i was like doing dishes and yeah. my girl would be like turn that shit <laughs> off like she hated it <laughs> so much and uh so I had, I had to become like a closet legion of skanks fan but when we broke up i was like well fuck i'm not doing anything on my wednesdays now and i just started going every week right when it was at the creek yeah. every wednesday night and uh i remember the kid they had before me becky alex and luke uh there was this kid jason and like he just stopped showing i before that i remember when he first started Lewis like had him uh, come on mic uh, and was like, "How do you think you did like in this last year for us?" And I remember listening to him and I'm like, "Why does that guy have that have that gig? Like, I want that gig. That could be me every Wednesday night." And uh, yeah, so when Jason like kind of was on his way out, uh, Lewis like kind of threw it out there. He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna need a new intern probably." And that day, I hung around after and I talked to Bobby and Omar and I was like, "Yo, do you guys need help with the cables or whatever?" And uh, that was that. And so. You know, three weeks later, uh, I showed like two weeks later, I think, because they they took a week off from Moon Tower. But I showed up that next day. Uh, Alex was there. uh, Luke was there and Becky was there. And we all gave our resumes and they started the first ever intern Olympics. And um, yeah, like the the three, the four of us like stayed on with the company for for quite some time after that. Um, That's really cool. So you could have gone down the easy path. And done this job. I don't and think there's anything easy about being a contractor, Sam. No, but easy <laughs> easy mentally. You said you would have been in the green by now. You would have had your business. Well, like, you probably would have had of, like, like stability and exactly. like safety. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or you cu- could have followed what you wanted to do and you got to this point now. Yeah. And it's funny, like, you don't think life is like a movie in that way where it's like easy, but looking back at that, are you like are you happy with your choice? Like or do you wish you had Oh within like a month i knew right like yeah. within not even dude i got my legion of skanks tattoo uh within two weeks of working for the company like i knew uh i was in hook line and sinker like there was no question right um and you i remember w- 
Sorry, what were you saying? No, I just remember like Peter Dinklage talking about like you know like the, he gave like this whole speech about how he was never going to make it as an actor. How everyone told him it was like he was insane. He should pick up a trade. He should do this, that, the other thing. And he basically just said fuck you to everyone. And he was so glad that he did it. And I remember like I shared that on Facebook. And uh, yeah, like uh, it just became a thing where it was like uh, I don't know. Like I didn't want to. I didn't want to like piss off the the. Like, cause it was, it was my dad's company. Right. Mm. So like, it was one of those things where like my mom saw it and she was like, yo, like your dad's going to be upset if he sees that, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. like that concept of like, I don't, I don't want your laugh. Like essentially putting that out there in Peter right. Dinklage's words. But, um, you know, like it was, there was no question to me that like, this was, this was it, you know, like I just, I knew man, like this was all I ever wanted to do. Do you, so it would have been a harder it, it would have been hard. You would have thought it was easy being in the green, buying your parents' a company, but you probably would have not have been even as close to you happy now and thinking about what if. Oh, dude, I, I was thinking what if, like, that whole time, right? Like, the whole, like, the only reason I was showing up to work is because I had, like, I had a fiancé, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to get married. I wanted to get a house. Like, I wanted did to Did have... you want those things? I thought I did, right? Like, it was the, it's what all my friends are doing, so it's, like, what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was one of those things for sure. Um, but, yeah, like, I definitely, I did in the sense that, like, dude, to this day, all I want to do is, like, fucking be a husband and, like, raise some kids. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a fucking big-ass softie. Like, I yeah. want a dog, you know? like Diana. Yeah, Diana. Like, have my mixed-race babies, and let's get a, fu- let's get a couple of beagles. And a fucking house in the country. Like let's 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 take a run at this thing. Even on the time when you were staying on people's couches and homeless and stuff, were you happy with the decisions that you made? Yeah, I mean, like I I I made this point a number of times, right? Like you, no one ever he- heard me complain. You mm-hmm. know, like I I honestly like in talking to uh, to Fago at one point, like he's like, "Yo, it's cold out there," and I, I looked him dead in the face. I was like, "Dude, I've been cold for three months." You know, because like there is this certain chill that just like sits into your bones when like you've slept outside for like two nights in a row and you know there might be a third and it's just like that ah, sucks dude yeah. it sucks so much but yeah like i was i was happy in the sense that like uh that year while i was homeless right um i convinced corinne and christina to be uh my trainers and coaches for a fight at Skankfest during my legion of skanks interview process right i told lewis the first day i was like fight me i'll fucking fight you right now i'll fight you right now right uh and i got to fight him at Skankfest in front of a fucking crowd full of people i got to cut a wrestling promo you know like i got corinne's phone number which was dope uh, <laughs> you know what i mean like there was so many um there was so many like just fucking dude i had a fucking i i had a i pulled from a bar a threesome one night simply because i needed a place to stay like dude shit got weird out there like it was that sounds like the best possible situation though i mean i made it work uh, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know like it just i mean i'm not I, I, no no I, I just mean the threesome yeah of course but like I, I say all that to say that like you know like yeah obviously like it was fucking parts of it were miserable but like i never complained because yeah. i was still at the end of the day i'm living my dream when you were living the life of having a fiance and buying a house and working the job did you complain a lot were you a person who complained no i was just miserable like it wasn't it wasn't so much complaining as it was like I resented um I resented her. I resented uh the place we were living in so that we could save money towards buying a house. Uh I resented the fact that she 
wanted to leave her job where she was comfortably making like 65k a year to go $200,000 in debt going to grad school so that she could maybe make 80k a year like like there were certain numbers things that just didn't work out for me because like I couldn't um everything in my life was like structured by a balance sheet so it was Mm -hmm. a thing where it's like I couldn't there was there's no room for dreams on like in a ledger you know what I mean like there's just no you know aspirations or like goals or or like unless I could see it in black and white, like it was intangible. So I just became resentful towards uh, pretty much everyone and everything for the fact that I was living a life that I wasn't happy with, you know? And like, it was nobody's fault but my own, but I took it out on everyone else. Right. Until you were able to do your, th- do you think, are you an angry person? No. Were you? Um, I think I was a spiteful person mm-hmm. like more than like it wasn't like true there's no like true anger or malice but there was a sense of like um I'm unhappy so let me make you unhappy as well yeah you know do you think boxing and fighting helps with that um get your no I think boxing boxing really helps with like a confidence thing right like boxing is the it's it's definitely all right so like uh, if I see somebody like, you know, uh, putting hands on someone on a train now, like, I don't think twice about standing up and being like, yo, cut that shit out. You know what I mean? Like, I saw a guy fucking smacking the shit out of a dog the other day, and I was like, I'll fucking fight you if you hit that dog one more time. You know what I mean? Like, and that's definitely not something I would have been comfortable doing before I had, like, at least those basic, because, like, that's always been in me, you know, mm-hmm. to, like, I see something wrong and I want to, you know, yeah. but, like, until I had that down where I was competent, like, you know, Lewis is significant. Like he's four or five inches taller than me. He's legitimately got 60, 50 to 60 pounds on me on a given day. I can take his best shots and return fire. So unless like, it's that big of a disparity, I'm not fucking afraid of you, you know? So like it's, it's helped in that sense. Were you always a fighter? Um, I mean, I was like a, yeah. Were you a scrappy kid and stuff? Yeah, for sure. I got like, I can still tell you what like the inside of my elementary school principal office looks like because I was fighting on the playground every day. But like since then, not really. Like I hit this point at like 22, 23 where like my move in fights, I was a scumbag back in the day. My move in like bar fights would always be like start with a headbutt. You start with a headbutt, you can't go wrong, you know? Um, uh, so like I, I don't know. I don't know. Really? I've ne- I don't know. Fight. Fight? No. All right, let's change that. <laughs> I was knocked I was punched in the back of the head for being tall at a big Sean concert once. <laughs> <laughs> I do it. <laughs> no, but that's why I asked this because like I feel like I meditate and I do yoga because I am, I was, and I hope I'm not, but I try to work on being an angry person. I, like, I feel like my anger ridge up and, you know, I see red, whatever, and I try to calm that. You look like you've never had an angry thought. That's so funny because I get angry and I get yelly and, like, it's scary and I don't like it. Okay. Yeah. And that's why I feel like I like bo- I would like boxing. And that's why I was wondering if you used to be like that is because, like, I feel like I could get my, like, like, that's why I like running. People saying running hurts or, like, running's not good for me because I'm tall or big. It's like I like that. Like, I like kind of the, like... Go fuck yourself. Like, uh, you can get your anger out in that way. Right. I mean, I don't know. I go, I don't know. I feel like if you take anger into boxing, like, you're going to have a bad time. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. You have to be calm. Yeah. Like, for for me, it's like, you know, like, it's more meditative than anything. Like, it's just that, that, that rhythm of, like, 
I need to understand what every single part of my body is doing at any given moment, right? Like my right foot controls what my left hand is doing, you mm-hmm. know, like like the 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 shifts in weight, like it's it's all about balance, right? Like boxing is all about balance and footwork and like timing and 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 you know, like that understanding it as the chess match that it is versus like you know, just watching on TV being like, hit him harder. Right, of you know course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's like, so if I was taking, anytime I've ever gotten angry, what it's produced is like a bunch of just wild rabbit punches, uh, like haymakers, like stuff that is not, if you're not setting it up correctly, it's not going to land. And if it does land, it's not going to land with power. So it's like, why am I burning off all this energy? That is true. You kind of have to stay calm. And it's more of like, the discipline. I guess that's the same with running. Like, if I want to run hard, yeah, I'm going to get tired out, and I'm not going to be able to, like, do a proper... Like, I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to, like, get tired. I'm not going to be able to finish it. Yeah. But if I, like, take a deep breath... And that's what I really like about yoga, is it help, It teaches me that every part of my body is connected, and also right. that the only... Fitness is really only about breathing. Mm-hmm. Like that's what lifting yeah. is all about breathe anything that you're oh, doing yeah. with it's all about breathing yep. you know oh yeah I mean when I fought when I fought at Ellis Mania against John Matthews like that first minute of that first round the only thing going through my head was just breathe just breathe because like I forget to breathe all the time mm-hmm. you know like you're in there somebody's throwing punches at you it's natural to like you know lift your shoulders up shell up hold your breath and just fucking wait for it. you know like you want to tense up every part of your body because somebody's trying to hit you yeah you know and like you just gotta. Is that your meditation now? Uh, more or less. That. How often do you do it a week? Uh, at least three times with boxing. But I mean, the the it's more like the working out and the running aspect of mm-hmm. it is what gets me into it. So, um, yeah, like like today I had that a little bit where like some chick just passed by me on the uh, Queensboro Bridge and I was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. I had to like I had to get to the bottom of the bridge before her, and then by like. By 34th Street, I was like, oh, why are my legs... D- oh, yeah, because I sprinted uphill on a bridge at, like, the beginning of my workout. That's <laughs> not when you're supposed to be doing that. Um, you know, but the rest of the time, like, there... I have, like, my, my... At this point, my fucking running mix, I know, like, I know by heart. So it is, like, I get into, like, this weird, uh, like, flow state with it where it's like, okay, this is... That's what... Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like running is you do get in the flow state and awesome. the meditation... That's why I'm sleeping on this couch tonight. But like I like I like when things go wrong. Like we were talking about before, when things don't go your way, you know that if you just push through it, it will work out if you're on the right path. Like if I have a bad you know, I have a bad set on stand up or a podcast I'm not happy about, like I'm happy that I can go for a run the next day or even like like this. Like I I feel like I was tired this podcast to be on. You know what I mean? Just after the drive and whatever, I skied all yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, well, I mean, to be fair, Sam was phoning it in for the first twenty minutes. Yeah, no, you definitely, you definitely helped it, helped it out in the first. Because I just wasn't, I didn't prepare myself. And you, it's when stuff like this happens, I like that I have something like running that I can do. And I feel bad for people who don't have things like that, who don't have any fitness or a way to like work out their anxiety or their anger at at themselves oh dude like i I'm, honestly probably the most depressed i was in the last year was like right um like right before the quarantine started right like mm-hmm. when i was uh so to get off the streets i 
you know, found a fucking, I found a place in Queens that took me on with like no security deposit, no nothing, just like gave him 500 bucks and I had a place to stay that night. And it was like, um, there was a windowless room. It was like deep in Queens. It was tiny. Like what a, street? Um, I don't even remember. Uh, I just know, like, I just knew that I, I never knew my address. I just knew how to get there off the end. You were just like, thank God it's a place that's mine. That yeah, I know. yeah, that's all like, thank God it's it's a place I got keys to. Yeah. You know, like it was it was that. But it was like, um, yeah, there wasn't like there was no fitness regimen. There was no um, none of that. And it was just like it was just dark all the time. And like spending time just in like a in a very. Uh, dark, like I don't know, depressing ass place. Like that's why that's why I took the fight with Dylan in the first place. Like when they they offered me the fight for Skankfest, it was like, yeah, that'll be like something to like get me something motivated to, tra- yeah. to to train a little bit. Um, you know, and like that that definitely did. Uh, yeah, like that that definitely did start picking things up. Are you have like? It is crazy that you started with that like the boxing with the skank fest and then you're you're doing Ellis Mania on it and that's funny we going back to that you would listen to him with your crazy christian uh boss that you would that you were finally on it and he got me like the the point I was trying to get to that like Ellis was talking about Machida versus I think it was Rashad Evans or it was either Rashad Evans or Rampage Jackson but I remember like that was the first main card pay-per-view i went to right like at my boss's house i went to his crib that night like we watched it and then we played the ufc game and i was like dude ufc is the shit and now like i have a career where i talk about the ufc i got to spend fucking dude dream come true this week i got to spend an hour throwing questions to michael bisbing Luis j gomez and chael p sonnen like that's I mean, Chael and Bisbing are, are, are like the, you know, those were two of the best shit talkers ever when I first started paying attention to the sport. Like, definitely got me. Like, anytime Bisbing or Chael was fighting, I was watching that pay-per-view. And then, uh, yeah, Lewis with hammer fisting, like, got me, like, a deeper understanding of the sport. So, like, three men who I owe my love for MMA to, I'm sitting there like, who, who do you guys think is the fighter of the year? Like, what? How? Why, yeah, that, why do I get crazy. to do this? It's wild. So if you go back to your old self, either when you were uh, when you were camping or when you were at your most fucked up, and then you go to like yourself now or yourself when if you had bought the business, like, are you have like are you like fuck? Like I'm cool now. Like I'm proud of where I went. Like I'm proud of my path. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Like I. <laughs> I'm the kind of person like where if I make a decision, I'm going to stick to it no matter like how dire the consequences. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like I feel like if you if you know, like what I think about more than anything is like, what if I had never gotten the uh, the skanks internship? Right. Like that's the road less travel that I'm interested in, because it's like I knew within within two weeks, like uh, that, that like first night of the Inter Olympics, I drove Lewis home and like picked his brain about some stuff. And within three weeks or, or not even like before Skankfest even. So within two weeks, I was already working ad sales for Gas Digital, right? Like before the Inter Olympics was over, I had already secured a gig with the company and I knew I was going to be there. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't that worried about it, but like it was supposed to be at the end of um, at the end of Skankfest, they were going to pick one winner, and the other three of us were like going to be like, yeah, fuck off, guys. Uh, and if that had happened, my plan was to move to Vegas and to become a pro poker player. And it's like, that's the one that I look at where I'm like, I mean, could I have made it? As a pro, I'm going to tell you right now that you would not have made it as a pro poker Why? player. Because you were successful on this path. If you weren't, if you, if like... If this didn't work out, like if you didn't get the intern Olympics, if you didn't like if, you, mm-hmm. then that w- you would have 
that would have opened the door to that path. Exactly. But of course it wouldn't have worked out because if you were like, nah, fuck the intern Olympics, I'm going to go play poker, then it would never have worked out because it wasn't like, that's not to get the spiritual, but like you are on a path like that. You followed your dreams of the path app and now you're one of very few known boxers. (laughs) (laughs) you're a you're one of honestly you're one of like very few like i mean i guess podcasting is big but like you're known in the podcast world with one of the best comedy podcasts you are getting to fight box and wrestle uh, in ellis mania like of course your poker career wouldn't have worked out because look at what has worked out with that's, this. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like, I, I, so, like, the, the thing with, with being a pro poker player is, like, it's so much less glamorous than it sounds. Like, Yeah, Dan be, Bilzerian's going broke right now. Like. Yeah, but that's because he, like, that's because Dan Bilzerian was never actually a true poker player. Like, Dan Bilzerian is some guy who probably went gay for pay and then made some solid investments, like, and just told everyone he was a fucking great heads-up poker player. Like, no one I no one I know, right, no one I know in the poker community has sat with Dan Bilzerian and walked away being like, Dan, that guy's game is fucking next level. You know what do you I mean? talk to a lot of poker players? No, but I do watch an, <laughs> an absurd amount of poker blogs and vlogs and really, dude. I I mean, it's like it's my go to sleep is either like Smite or uh, it's Smite come down clips or uh, poker stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, I I dated a girl whose dad was a professional poker player. Right, or like not in poker? Or like, no, like a professional like gambler. Okay, yeah, I mean that's way scarier. Yeah, in Boston? No, he it lived in New York City. That's actually why I would go. I first would come to New York because I would. Li- she yeah, lived in New York. Yeah, you can make a you can make a living as a gambler in New York. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, he would go to Connecticut all the time. He'd go to Vegas. All of it paid for because of like you know right, just comp and stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty sweet. I mean, like there the the thing with playing poker is like if you all right. So if I was to park myself at the Aria, right at the two five table, right, mm-hmm. not even that fucking crazy of stakes, uh, could I grind out? 2500 over the course of 30 hours just playing against tourists sure like i've grinded out i've grind i've ground out fucking 15 1800 2200 runs in like less than four hours in vegas like if i was actually sitting there being like yeah i have a fucking dope home like a dope house to go to with like my own food that i can cook after and like you know, like I can, I can actually yeah. invest in spending the like thirty hours here. Mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be super easy to make that like twenty five hundred to three thousand dollar nut per session, and then fucking, you know, if you're doing that, fast forward in your life, and you're just one of those old people who gets on the bus, and then you go to the casino, and then you get on the electric scooter, and you go to your slot machine. And you're like, I'm gonna win this time, yeah, because I had never been in really casinos before. I'd gone to concerts. But when I went with her, her dad and the family, I saw how sad those places are. Yeah, but I mean, like that would suppose I would have a social security check coming in to gamble. Like I, I'm, I'm off the grid, Sandbach. Like I don't think that. I don't gonna... know if I trust in your poker skills as much as you do. Okay, well, I mean, anytime you want to play, <laughs> I, I will not. Play. I would love to take your money. <laughs> do you think it's a? It's not chance. It's a game. Like you, you play it. There, I mean, it's like it's it's so much more than chance. It's like there's game theory, there's strategy, there is you know uh, uh, 
understanding expected value, understanding how to, you know, uh, uh, put somebody like the, the, the whole game of poker, right? The entire the, the, is just putting a man to a decision, right? So if I can consistently create high leverage situations where I have positive expected value over the course of, you know, 10,000 hands, I'm going to turn a profit. I'm going to change my mind. His passion might be poker. You should quit your job and move to Vegas. You, you got the look in your eye and how excited you got. You do love poker. I love poker so much. And that you watch, like you watch it. So is that like a dream? Like, is that something that you wish when you get later, like if you get money or something that you could become like a poker player? Oh, sir. I mean, like if I make, like real real money yeah i mean that, that's that sweet my, sweet podcast money yeah i mean my goal my goal i think is to is is still to this day like i wanted to be the youngest man ever to win a world series poker bracelet like when i was 15 16 years old watching like chris moneymaker go on his runs and like you know all that world series of poker shit like yeah i wanted to be uh like my goal was to to go to like a world series of poker europe event um you know so that i could be like 19 years old and legally playing these tournaments and win a world series of poker bracelet before my 21st birthday um um, you know, and then drugs. So it didn't work out that way. Yeah, because you were like, all my friends were trying out this other stuff. You can't really try it. Like, you're like, my two things are drugs and poker. <laughs> like, like, of course, it's not going to, like, turn out that well. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Poker's not a thing for the young. No, but I there there is a there's there's still that part of me that's like, Man, if I ever just had ten grand to throw around and I could take a shot at the fucking World Series of Poker main event, I have too much anxiety. This goes back to like I'm jealous that you don't have anxiety. It's like I'm too anxious. I I would put, I I would piss off my ex so much because I would go to one of the like the penny slot machines and I would just play because I was like I don't want to lose anything. I just I'm not, I'm just gonna play this for an hour because I like the act of gambling. But I don't like. I bought a two dollar scratch ticket yesterday, and it's two bucks. And I lost. Thinking about it, I still am so (laughs) upset. I'm like, why did I do that? I have. I'm too anxious of a person. It's it's no bueno, dude. (laughs) It's not. It's not bueno. I mean, what what do you think that's about? Like, what is like? Where like I can't process it because I have no. Like when I didn't know, I there are times to this day where I don't know where my where my next meal is coming from, and I'm just like, I mean, I haven't starved yet, so it's probably gonna work out. Yeah, I, I have an existent. It's funny as someone who's like, no, this is all gonna work out. Like my dreams in podcasting, my dreams in comedy, it's all gonna work out. I also have this like existential dread. Like I guess that's where anxiety comes from. Where it's like, I will. It's that Jim. Ca- I'm gonna get serious. It's that Jim Carrey quote where it's like, you could get everything and still not be happy. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, I just want to be happy. Like, what can I do to be happy? Like, I what can I do? Like, what can I do to be happy? Yeah, but I think like that's the the like Sam, you're looking at it the wrong way, right? Like the. <laughs> The reason, the the only way you're going to get everything you wanted and still not be happy is if you weren't happy when you started. So just be happy now. And I do think I am a happy person. Yeah. But I don't like, like it's it's like the game of chance in life is like I'm too worried about the losses to take certain chances. Okay. I, well, I mean, I, I think a big part of that is your youth, right? Like, that is you true. know, you're young enough where you're like, oh, like, life you hasn't know. fucked me over enough yet. 
Well, not even not even so much as that. As much as it is, I think it's the exact opposite, right? It's like you haven't seen enough success. Uh, you haven't seen enough ROI on those fucking chances that you've taken up to this point. So, what, like, your frame of reference is only in the negative. Yeah, I do have this weird theory that, like, depression is, like, you give it, like, another disease. Like, when a lot of people... Of course, who you hang out with, but, like, when a lot of my friends are really depressed and, I, and I'm doing well... It's almost like I have to, like, stop being so happy or, like, stop being... Because then I'll try to make them feel... Like, I don't want to make them feel bad. Nah, dude. That's a fucking... Those are energy vampires. Like, you just can't... Oh, it sucks. You can't be doing that, dude. Yeah. It's funny because I see myself in the past as an energy vampire, so I want to give those people the benefit of the doubt where I'm like, I'll be there for you, man. Like, I know you need that. But then it does suck me down. No, but, like, there's a... like. I, all right, so like I'll give you like as an example, like I'm uh, I'm very close with someone right now who is the biggest energy vampire, right? And it's like it's one of those things where it's like, dude, I can't be in your orbit that long, but I will come in here and just fucking give you a pep talk like yeah. once or twice a week, you know, and then fucking you know give you a boot in the ass, tell you to get it together, um, you know, yeah. and then like that's the only thing. Here's the thing, that's what I wish people would have done for me when I was being in it, because like yeah, there definitely have been times in my life where I've been like downright miserable and suicidal mm. and like you know like i still don't hold suicide against anybody you know what i mean like if if you're fucking out of pain now god bless you yeah. you know like it is what it is dude like that's your choice if you're not leaving behind a fucking kid or any kind of responsibility and it's just like you made that choice god bless you it's like i've been there 100 percent. yeah you don't want to be doing this yeah anymore. it's like yo like i found out they have this uh they have this like uh suicide booth in fucking sweden right you go in you push a button it fucking like changes slowly all the air in there into carbon dioxide so you breathe it in you slowly suffocate and it's like a very like a peaceful- booth on the street yeah like anyone can just go and uh i think you need to like reserve an appointment maybe <laughs> but i'm not sure um because like <laughs> you know the, 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 who yeah. cleans the bodies up? What if, like, you're like, oh, they didn't clean up the body from the last suicide. I was, I, <laughs> the door just opens and a head pops out. Yeah, that would be a little gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the only thing that was stopping me was I didn't want to have to push the button. Yeah, I was like, if I went in there and I knew there was a 99 percent chance it would work, right? But there was a one percent chance that door closes and it just doesn't fire. I would be like, okay, like. I'm not the one who pushed the button, so I didn't do You know what I mean? Yeah, and I know a lot of friends who did try and to commit suicide, and it didn't failures. work. Failures. Fail, fail, yeah, failures. You know a lot of failures. I know a lot of... But it's... It is funny, though, that, like, that... I don't think they think about, like, the, the 1% chance it doesn't work, because you think it will, and then when you come back from it, you're like, fuck. Yeah, it's that near-death experience, but... Well, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Like, I'm, on the one hand, it would be like, well, fuck, I, ha- I don't know how I survived that, but I have a second, like, a new lease on life. Or like, fuck, I can't even do that right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Al Christock is a great comedian from Boston. Has a joke about that. Yeah, about, yeah, about failing that <laughs> and just being a. F- He's so good. But um, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for holding the conversation. Uh, for the first 20 minutes when I was phoning it in, I appreciate you for being on. And um, do you want to give your plugs? Yeah, sure. The Buckheads. Uh, if you want to check me out, I am on Instagram and Twitter and all that at the M Harrington. It comes out to them Harrington, so it makes it seem like I'm like super progressive or whatever. So you are. Yeah, I'm cool, dude. I'm super. We, uh, I'm non-binary now. It's fine. 
It's not that big of a deal. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. You can check me out on a whole host of podcasts, Notes of a Goon, uh, Believe You Me, Without a Country, and so many others, most of them available on the Gas Digital Network. Use promo code, I believe it's Mike, uh, for 14 days free. So, yeah. Put in Mike. I think that's what it is. I think so. I don't know. If not, use fucking WAC30 or BYM30 or... You know, get a full 30 days free. Awesome. This has been the Bucked Up Podcast. You can like, subscribe, listen, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for uh, listening. Bye, everyone. <laughs>